coming up on today's swim episode. You, you really can't hear it. It's indetectable to the human ear. As a result, if you keep those frequencies in your track, they're robbing you of space that could be used to enhance audible energy. So again, the first tip for you today is severely cut everything happening at 20. This is Swim Success with Music. going on everybody this is success with music and we are back for a brand new episode my name is walt i am your music coach and this is a podcast for singers songwriters beat makers music students we are focused on the music life and again i appreciate you tuning into the show this is the swim podcast if you happen to be tuning in for the first time know that we are finishing up a series on a topic on how to make your songs louder, bigger, fuller, so that they can compete with commercially released music. So again, if you're brand new to the episode, do yourself a favor, go back to episode 47. That's where we started this whole series. It's a three-part series. Again, we are talking about how to make your music louder. Hey, and a quick note before we jump into the show today, I do appreciate all of the love as of late. We've been receiving hundreds and hundreds of listens for each episode, so we do appreciate you guys tuning in every single week, and we also encourage you to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. That way, you can check out new material as it drops, and because I'm talking about it right now, why don't you go ahead and just hit the subscribe button, and that way, you can keep up with us. We're on Apple Podcasts. And we're also on Spotify. So yeah, go ahead and subscribe on the platform of your choice and we can keep the good content coming. Hey, without further ado, let's get it. All right. So so as I mentioned before, we are on part three of our Making Your Tracks Louder series. This is the third and final episode in this series. And today we're going to finish up with four more tips. But let me remind you of the things that we talked about up until this point. So if you recall, we started with working within your song, within your track, at a very, very low level, and we've been working to build our way up to this final stage where we are today. So within your track, within your song, we talked about having different volume levels for various parts within your song, like your chorus or um, your bridge or your verses, in order to create distinction and the perception of loudness. We also talked about using automation to accomplish that. We covered the topic of compressing individual instruments, especially those with very energetic transients. We mentioned selecting premier instruments within your mix. We covered sidechain compression with respect to instruments within the track. We also talked about having a sound illusion where you have these building sounds or pitched sounds that give the perception of loudness. And today we're going to pick up with our final four tips. Let's go. All right. So let's go ahead and jump into our final tips for making your tracks louder. Now, I understand that there are a lot of things that can come into play as we're getting up to the 
the final mixing stage or the mastering stage. Again, my objective is to deal with volume and the energy of your track overall. I understand that there's a lot of things that may come into play at the final stages of creating your song. So we're not going to get into this is not a tutorial on mixing and mastering. This is just dealing with the final result that you're going to get with volume and energy. So as a result, we're not going to talk about stereo imaging. We're not going to talk about saturation or any of those types of things. So let's get to it. Right. One thing that I recommend for you when you are at the final stages with your music is to remove Phantom energy. That's my made up phrase or term here. Remove phantom energy. To this point, we have been trying to get our overall collective volume, especially for the hottest part of our song, let's say uh, your hooks or your bridges. We've been trying to get our volume right up to zero and consistently ride near zero so that we have that true in your face type of sound where the energy is just going really hard, but again, not going over our zero decibel threshold. Now, having said that, we talked in previous episodes about removing things that are unnecessary within your track. We talked about instrumentation specifically, if you recall my example about having furniture in a room and removing certain furniture from the room that clutters I won't go back into that example, but if you were listening to the previous episode, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I want to piggyback on that thought. The concept of phantom energy is having truly wasted sound energy in your track. And we, of course, want to remove that by removing that wasted energy, inaudible energy. You can actually make room for audible sound energy. And this tip is super simple. And it requires using your EQ. What I want you to do is open up your digital audio workstation. And on your master bus, I want you to load up an EQ. In that EQ, I want you to go over to the lowest side of the sound spectrum, over to the the left. I want you to create a node or point at 20 hertz. And with that, simply cut all of the sound energy that is below 20, 20 and below. And the reason for this is that that area of the sound, that area of the sound spectrum is inaudible. Technically, you can actually feel it if you have some monstrous subwoofers, but you you really can't hear it. It's indetectable to the human ear. As a result, if you keep those frequencies in your track, they're robbing you of space that could be used to enhance audible energy. So again, the first tip for you today is cut everything, severely cut everything happening at 20 hertz and below. If this does not make sense to you, I want you to go over to our website, successwithmusic.com. Again, that's successwithmusic.com. We're on episode 49. Go ahead to that page specifically, episode 49, and take a look at the graphic you will see exactly what I'm talking about with respect to cutting energy at 20 hertz. Use that as a visual reference. And the next tip here is using compression. We talked about compression in the first part of the series, 
And we also went into depth on the ins and outs of compression in episode 44 and 45. So for today, I am recommending now you use compression on your master bus. Now, when I say this, I personally recommend that you do not use a heavy compression Initially, if your digital audio workstation allows for it, I recommend loading up a gentle compression to add just a bit of glue for your overall mix. And after that, once you get a more of a glued sound or cohesive sound, you can actually load in additional compressors in your effects chain. This will take some playing around with, this is not the universal law of music, but this is a technique that I use. Again, I usually start off in my master bus, I start off with a very gentle compression and then I may load up a more aggressive compression. Not too aggressive though. And when I say gentle, I'm talking about a compression with with a ratio of maybe, I don't know, maybe around two to one, maybe one and a half to one. And then more of an aggressive compression in my estimation on the master bus will be, I'll use something like a ratio of three to one. And again, that will happen behind or after my gentle compression or my glued compression, if you will. And for both instances of my compression, I use more of a gentle or soft knee. If I'm losing you at all on this, make sure you go back and listen to our episodes on compression, episodes 44 and 45. So the idea of using compression at this stage is to shave off some of the jagged edges that will appear on your final exported file of your entire song. Using compression will help smooth out those edges near zero dB. Smoothing them out, making the the taller peaks and audio energy just a little smaller and making the lower areas come up. It gives it more of a uniform look, but most importantly, a uniform sound. And we're hoping that we're riding right along zero dB at the highest point of your song. And and as I just alluded to a few seconds ago, the gentle knee will allow for the areas nearing those edges to be a bit more smoother and more natural versus artificial and um, having a a pumping type of uh, or throbbing type of feel. And if you recall, I'm going back to the very first episode in the series where I talked about the visual representation of your audio file. In fact, while I'm thinking about it, I'm going to go ahead and drop in a picture of this on our on this episode's page. So, again, I'll give you an example of what your audio file should look like. Once you are at the mastering stage and one quick aside related to this. The picture that I'm going to put up on our website, successwithmusic.com, again, episode 49, will be the final exported file, the right way and the wrong way. And I would even recommend, you know, if you are at the final mixing or mastering stage, I like to export my audio file just to get a visual representation as to how things are going. Am I getting that smooth elongated rectangle or am I getting this jagged saw-like audio file? All right, let's go ahead and move on to the, the next tip here. At your final mixing stage or mastering stage, I most certainly love and highly recommend using a limiter or brick wall limiter. Now, limiter or limiting is very similar to compression, 
both of these tools will allow for you to reduce the audio energy as it is approaching, in this instance, zero decibels. But the thing with compression, as I mentioned earlier with the soft knee and things like that, compression typically is for a more subtle reduction in sound. Whereas a limiter, it's a lot more aggressive. I mean, it can be crazy aggressive. So earlier I threw out some ratios. Like I I mentioned like two to one, I mentioned three to one. A limiter, I mean, out the gate, it could be blasting at 20 to one. A limiter will severely limit (laughs) the audio energy beyond a certain threshold. The point is, if you set your limiter at zero dB, I recommend setting it at negative 0.1 dB, the limiter will allow all kinds of audio energy right up until that, in this instance, negative 0.1 dB without any audio energy going above it. In that way, you guarantee with absolute certainty that your audio file, your song will not clip. As you're using your limiting plugin, most likely you're going to have a threshold setting in there. If you have a visual representation of the sound or the energy coming through on your threshold reduction meter, the more you drag it down or reduce it, the more things get kind of squished between that area and the very top of your limiter. The point is you can force your overall song to pump way up near zero and have that very hard and driving sound. The danger in doing so, however, is if you use this technique too aggressively, you run the risk of sucking the life out of your track and going into that area that I talked about earlier on where there's one gear for your music overall, meaning there's one audio level and it becomes very boring and you lose the perception of loudness. So I would recommend dragging your threshold setting down just enough where the limiting is not being done in significant numbers. So in your digital audio workstation, whatever plugin you happen to be using, if you're if you dragging your threshold down and limiting yourself again near zero dB and the limiting the limit reduction looks like negative 20 or 30 or somewhere around there, that's a lot of reduction and the shaving off of your sound. You're going to stay within that zero dB area, but it's going to sound really, really different than what you started with. So just be careful with that. And let's go ahead and finish up our episode here with a couple of bonus items. To this point, I've offered tips and advice and and thoughts that should be able to be uh, accomplished without you paying for some expensive plugins. You should have some you should have some native plugins or some free plugins for that matter where you can accomplish all of the things that we've been talking about. However, I am going to mention two bonus items here that may be paid options for you. If you do enough digging, most likely you can find these things free online depending on who makes them and depending on if you're a you know, Mac or a Windows user. I would highly recommend, if you can, get your hands on a multi-band compressor. A multi-band compressor simply will uh, will simply allow you to compress certain audio regions within your track or within your song. So in other words, a multi-band compressor can take the very lowest frequencies in your song and reduce them. 
or you can actually gain them up too. Or if you have very harsh highs in your overall track, you can just compress the highs in your track. And what that will do is, again, reduce some of that overall audio energy, allowing for the other things to come up further, giving you, again, a louder presentation of your song. Now, just like everything else, multi-band compressions will require a bit of tweaking and playing around, but once you get the hang of it, it's a brilliant tool you can use to really create a really nice overall presentation of your song, and it does it in a way to where there's less of the pumping and the throbbing sounds because everything is being reduced. It's only certain frequencies or, or certain regions for those frequencies, those things are being reduced. And final thing here, similar to the multi-band compression, there's multi-band limiters, which I absolutely love. I just recently picked up a, um, a multi-band limiter and I use it for a track that I released online recently. I love the track. I wanted to bang really hard, but my 808 kick was just coming through way too hot. But I didn't want the overall energy of my synths and other things to suffer by an overall compression or limit of the song. So I use my multi-band limiter and similar to the compression, I use that to reduce certain frequencies. Now, again, just as we discussed earlier, a limiter is a bit more aggressive. So this limiter significantly reduce these lower frequencies in my track to where my kicks were not pounding through as hard and that allowed me to control the track overall and allowed me to boost my overall gain up without affecting the integrity of the final track. Yo, it's been a fun ride and guess what? We have so many other topics to get to with respect to making your tracks hotter. This was just one series to get that done. Hey, if you want to have a topic covered on one of our series, make sure you write into us. We're over here at successwithmusic.com. While you're there, check out all of our other episodes. You can also see links to subscribe to our episode on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hey, do that, subscribe now, and get at us on the next episode. $10.